Hey guys, we are in our series called Light Night, and today I'm going to be preaching out of Ephesians 6.15, and I'll be talking about the gospel shoes of peace. So I'm going to read the passage for you guys, and then uh, start off with an illustration. And it's for shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So read that one more time. And as for shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Uh, the illustration that I want to share is about a movie called Braveheart. Uh, um, it's about Mel Gibson, who uh, plays a 13th century uh, Scottishman, and uh, he's fighting against, or he's rebelling against, uh, the English king and army, and because he wants uh, freedom. They're trying to take away his land, and a lot of bad stuff is happening there. And there's actually a picture of them where he's leading, uh, he's leading people into war. And, uh, and Jonathan's actually going to put a picture up right here. And so take a few seconds with your R3 group to see what's wrong with this photo. All right, we'll bring it back. Hopefully someone has caught it. If you looked at that picture, you probably noticed that uh, William Wallace is running in the front lines without any weapons in his hands. He's literally running like this. And obviously the, uh, the producers, they made a mistake. Uh, he's supposed to be actually holding a, a, a huge axe. Uh, they actually make another mistake where he's holding a sword and then he's holding an axe and then he's holding nothing if you actually watch uh, that scene. And the whole point is, for a lot of you guys out there, that's what your Christian walks, uh, that's what your Christian uh, life looks like. And we are in a spiritual war and you don't have the spiritual tools. You're not equipping yourself every single day. And scripture says that the enemy is seeking to devour someone. He's seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. He's like a roaring lion. And for a lot of you, you go through your day and you're more reactive. And so you lose your patience. You argue with somebody. You maybe gossip. Maybe you give in to some addiction. And then you go to God and you try to put on the gospel shoes of peace. And oftentimes, it could be too late by that time. You'd already given in to that thing. And think about how crazy that sounds. We would, you know, we look at that picture and, and we think, man, that's, that's so foolish that, uh, that William Wallace is running into battle without any weapons. And that's just something that we do every single day. So it feels like an uphill battle. Almost feels like you're losing all the time. And you're bleeding out. But guys, there's hope. And my encouragement today is to show you regardless of how fierce the enemy is, you can stand with the power and authority of Christ. Apostle Paul says in Ephesians that we will stand in his strength. That's a promise. And so I have three points that I want to share with you guys today. Point one, what are the gospel shoes of peace? Point two, 
how it changes your life. And then point three, where we get the power to walk forward. So three points, what are the gospel shoes of peace? How does it change your life? And where do we get the power to move forward? First point, what are the gospel shoes of peace? Most of you guys think, uh, when you think of peace, it's the absence of suffering. It's the absence of conflict. And so often we pray, God, give me peace about this situation before I can move forward. But peace defined in the scriptures is so much more nuanced than that. And that word peace actually means shalom. If you guys are out there, uh, why don't you guys say that word? Say that word shalom. It's a word for peace in the scriptures. It's wholeness mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Perfect peace or shalom is what we had in the Garden of Eden. We had perfect Trinity life with God our Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. We were walking in perfect relationship in the cool of the day. We experienced perfect joy, perfect abundance, and we were without sin. But because of our disobedience, because of our sin, our pride, we experience an unraveling of that shalom. And so let's jump into what Apostle Paul tells us, what the gospel shoes of peace look like. And I'm going to go to Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to the purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained this inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, of him who works all things according to his counsel, so that we who are, we who are the first hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it to the praise of his glory. So I read a little bit more there. But guys, I hope that I was, as I was reading that, that you could see what the gospel shoes of peace is. You see a wholeness there, a shalom. 
And just to recap really quickly, it's God giving you every spiritual blessing. It's God making you holy and blameless. It's God adopting you into the heavenly family. It's God redeeming you through the blood of Jesus. It's God forgiving your sins so that you can have no guilt and no shame. It's God giving you this heavenly inheritance that can never be taken away from you. Guys, this is what the gospel shoes of peace looks like. This is what wholeness looks like. The old is gone, the new has come. He's taking out this heart of stone and putting in a heart of flesh so that you can walk forward as a light knight in Christ Jesus. And so point two, how does the gospel shoes change your life? So guys, I have, uh, these are probably uh, one of my favorite shoes. Uh, they're called Metcom 5s and my wife actually bought these for me for my birthday. And these have a certain purpose. When, I, uh, when I'm getting ready to work out and to train and I put these shoes on, my mind is focused on a certain goal. It's focused on working out. It's, for, it's focused on uh, moving forward and achieving these goals that I have. I'm not thinking about uh, date night with my wife and candles and things like that. I'm focused and I'm ready to go. And spiritual shoes have a specific direction that you're supposed to walk. They have a specific way of living. In fact, Paul says that there's a readiness there. It's a willingness to walk forward. And Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians several places of what someone's life looks like if they are wearing the shoes of the gospel of peace. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God, prepared which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God says you are a masterpiece, a masterpiece on display for the world to see your good works in love. Ephesians 4, 1-3 I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, remember Apostle Paul is in prison, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This is one of my favorite passages in Ephesians, and it's often something that I tell myself and exhort myself every single day, and I ask, am I walking in a manner worthy of the gospel today? Am I doing this in this moment? Am I doing this? Am I walking in a manner worthy of the gospel with my wife uh, as uh, somebody who's working for the church, somebody who's leading people? Does your life re uh, reflect the blood blot sacrifice of Jesus Christ? Or do you just look like the rest of the world? And remember, Apostle Paul is talking to the church here. And so when church conflict happens, is your love steadfast? Do you bear with one another's burdens? Do you talk in gentleness? Or do you gossip, cause division, and leave the church as soon as there's an uncomfortability there? 
Guys, really quickly, a sign of consumerism, uh, that mentality is, if something goes wrong, you're just out of there. If there's an issue with a leader or uh, somebody in the church, you bounce. But if you're in a covenant relationship, which is what the body of Christ is supposed to be, you stick it out. You forgive. You reconcile. You walk forward in the gospel shoes of peace. Ephesians 5, 1 to, uh, Ephesians 5, 1 to 2 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. If you have the shoes of peace and they look like Jesus, your life is going to look like a living sacrifice. You're going to have to give up comfort and convenience. And oftentimes, you're going to have to walk into suffering and conflict for Jesus' sake. And as you sacrifice, and as you serve, and as you give up worldly comfort, the more Jesus you look like, you will only then start to experience real peace and real wholeness because God is refining you through all of that. He grows your faith. He builds you up. He gives you more confidence. He makes you more wise. That's wholeness. That's shalom. That's peace. I feel like often when we go to God and we ask for peace, we are almost saying, I want to walk forward only until I feel okay. Only until I'm ready. In other words, I want to walk forward on my terms and when I feel comfortable. The last time I checked, Jesus says, die to yourself. The last will be first. Carry your cross and abandon every worldly pleasure for his sake. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. He doesn't say, hear my word, wait for peace, wait, for your, wait until you're comfortable, and then obey me. But he says, no, hear my words and obey. Think about Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was about to be crucified. Was he asking for God's peace in that moment? No, but most Christians would. He was sweating blood, uh, drops of blood and asking God, despite the suffering and the conflict that he was about to walk into, not my will be done, but your will be done. Ephesians 5, 8 to 10 says, For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Right here we, we get God saying, You were once in darkness, but now you are in light. That you are light, not that you just represent light, not that you give off, uh, you give off some light, but you are actually light. 
And when you walk into a room and we speak with the authority of Jesus Christ, that changes the atmosphere. God's shalom, God's peace is extended to those around you. It's extended to that space that you're in. The amazing truth in John 1.5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Those are the few things of what it looks like to walk with the gospel shoes of peace, what it, what it looks like to walk forward, what it, what it looks like to have peace and to have shalom. Does your life look like that? Or are you living like the rest of the world? Are you not putting on the armor of God? Are you not putting on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the gospel shoes of peace? Are you saying, I I don't need those things? And then you wonder why you give into certain addictions. Why you're angry all the time. Why you're more prone to gossip. Why there is no reconciliation or forgiveness or long-suffering with those in the church. Because by that time, the enemy's already got you. He's stabbed you. He's cut off your arm and you're bleeding out to death, basically. Guys, remember, we are in a war. Uh, As as Mike talked about uh, a few weeks back, that there are so many things that we can't see. And the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy isn't necessarily after your, your materialistic things like cars or money or, or your promotion or things like that. He's after your mind. He wants your faith. He wants to speak lies. Into, he's the father of lies. And so those are the things that he speaks in your mind. But guys, remember that Apostle Paul says, and the promise of God is, and the encouragement here is, if we put on the armor of God every day and we put on the gospel shoes of peace being ready, we can walk forward and we can stand. So we're going to do a little activity together. Uh, And so give some instruction. And uh, during wartime and even in the middle of it, sometimes soldiers, uh, because in Timothy, it says that we are soldiers. We are in a battle. We are in a war right now. And this isn't, uh, this isn't, yeah. So we're in a war. We're in a battle right now. And often sh- soldiers, uh, before they fight, they would shout these proclamations to intimidate the enemy or to cause the enemy to flee. Uh, one, um, take the Maori people where they do Uh, Haka, and they're yelling and they're shouting and they're standing up strong and they're slapping their arms and their chest to intimidate the enemy. And the scriptures say that we are supposed to walk with the authority and power of Jesus Christ and that we are supposed to walk in unity. That's Ephesians 4. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and God the Father of all. And so if you're there right now, maybe uh, you're by yourself, or maybe you're with your spouse, or maybe a few friends, R3s, if you're there with your group, uh, you're going to help kind of facilitate this. So we're going to get everybody to, to stand there. 
and you're going to link arms together. So this is us standing. It's, a, it's not just we're physically standing, but this is us representing that we're standing for Christ. And the linking of arms is going to represent uh, us being in unity. And you don't need to make like a circle, but just link arms with the person uh, next to you. And we're going to declare some truths together. And so you're going to see these truths come up on the screen. And I'm going to say them, and then you guys are going to repeat, uh, repeat them. And guys, uh, say it with authority. Say it with power, because you have the authority and power of Christ. Remember that. And as we, uh, as we say these truths and we proclaim them, the enemy has to flee. Scripture promises that. And so here, I'll start reading, and then you guys will follow along. In Christ, I will walk forward in the authority, in authority and obedience. In Christ, I will walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. In Christ, I will walk in gentleness, love, and patience. In Christ, I will put on the gospel shoes of peace and walk forward as a light knight. In Christ, Satan, you have no place here. In Christ, I stand in confidence and in victory. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name, amen. All right, you guys can, can sit down now. My prayer is that you guys would proclaim these truths every single day, that this is you actively putting on the armor of God. This isn't uh, salvation, you're saved one time, and then that's all you got to do, but you got to actively put on the armor of God every single day. And really, practically, these statements or, or some uh, form of these are things that I tell myself every single morning. Uh, when I wake up, before I eat, before I drink, before I get into work, I proclaim these truths out loud uh, with authority, with power in Christ. And my whole day is totally different. I don't wake up and then check my phone or check emails or check social media or, or, or any of those things first. But what I do is I put on the armor of God so that the enemy does not have a chance and that I can stand. So I encourage you guys practically to do something like this. First thing in the morning, proclaim the truths of God out loud. Actually say them. Spend time reading God's word. We cannot stress enough uh, as leaders in the church of how important and crucial it is for you guys to read the word of God. And it's just kind of sad sometimes that we have to, uh, that we even have to say that, that if you are a follower of Jesus, that we have to say, you should read your Bible. Shouldn't you want to read your Bible? This is the savior of the world who died for you. And he's left us his amazing promises and truth that have spiritual power to help you stand and to help you have victory. 
Because guys, we are in a spiritual war and we need spiritual tools to stand, to fight, to be united and to have victory. Another thing I do is I journal out things uh, of God's promises, things that I'm thankful for. Then I spend some time interceding. I pray for our, on certain days, I have a routine where on certain days, uh, I'll pray for certain things. So uh, I'll pray for the world. I'll pray for our church leaders. I'll pray for uh, you guys. I'll pray for my marriage. I'll pray for my neighbors. So every single day, there's something specific uh, that I pray for. And so those are just a few things practically that you can do to put on the armor of God. Guys, the thing is, you would never go outside without your physical shoes, right? I mean, that would be silly. You probably wouldn't be able to walk forward. You'd get hurt. You'd be immobilized. How much more dangerous is it to not put on the spiritual gospel shoes of peace with readiness when we are fighting against a roaring lion who's trying to kill, steal, and destroy So last point, how do we get the power to walk forward? Remember that at the start of Ephesians 6, uh, 6.10, Paul says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his strength and in his might. Put on the whole armor of God, not just one part of it, not just two parts of it, but put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the schemes of the devil. Our strength and power doesn't come from ourselves, but it comes from God and God only. This is us putting on Christ. And the only way that you get to access something like this and have the power of peace and the sword of the Spirit and the breastplate of righteousness is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive in Christ. By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. I'll close with this. There is a... On, on a social media platform, uh, platform uh, there is a Christian group, and every uh, once in a while on a Sunday, uh, they will post, uh, they'll say, everybody post, uh, post your kicks that you're wearing right now. So shoes, I guess that's a cool way of saying shoes. And so everybody starts flooding the, uh, the, you know, the chat area with all their high-end shoes. Their Nikes, their, you know, you, you name it, whatever the brand names are out there. And the last time I checked, Jesus' feet were stripped naked and he was nailed to a cross. Jesus, who had perfect shalom, peace and wholeness with God in heaven, was torn apart and broken for your sake and for my sake. He was in darkness. He was abandoned by the Father. 
He was rejected. And out of love, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. He extends grace. He extends truth. He extends peace. But he does it in his suffering. He does it through his death. And he does it through his resurrection. Do you want gospel peace today? Do you want an inheritance and an adoption into the heavenly family? Do you want every spiritual blessing? Do you want salvation and redemption? Something that can never be taken away from you? Do you want to walk in Christ as a light knight? Put on the gospel shoes of peace and have a readiness to walk forward in a manner worthy of the gospel. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, thank you for your word that is sharper than a double-edged sword that's able to pierce the things deep in our hearts and to reveal them. And then as they're revealed, God, we can put off our worldly selves, our worldly pleasures, so that we can walk forward to live for you. God, if there's somebody sitting there right now and they're not a follower of Jesus and they're saying, man, I want this, I pray that they would speak that out in the, in, in the quietness or even in celebration and loudness that I want to follow Jesus Christ as my, as my Lord and Savior. God, there are Christians out there that are, they know they should be living a certain way but God, they've forgotten you. They've forgotten their first love, as it says in Revelations. So I pray that they would repent of their uh, stagnation. They would repent of their disobedience. They would repent of all these things that are holding them back. And they would move forward in that. And God, there are Christians out there that are on the front lines. And they're being hit and they're being, uh, they're being, uh, they're being attacked. But God, the great promise is that they can stand strong, that they can have victory. So I pray that encouragement over them. Jesus, thank you for your beautiful word. Thank you for the gospel shoes of peace. Help us to live a manner worthy of the gospel every single moment. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.